Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. Hello? Bye. Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. So you paid for a long trial here. Or was this a free? I, I, free. I didn't, free I didn't for pay for three anything. months. Yeah, free what for three months. What kind of deal is that? Good deal. I guess Except so. Except no garden hose. Gotta keep those tulips dry. I don't need it's springtime. Nope, I don't need the any. The tulips need to be watered. I don't, I don't think they Take do. Take out the hose Have you and met? water the tulips. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir! Shavaka do! You wanna sack? The guy is drunk! Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy weekend. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we have a big weekend show today got the uh spring game that just dawned on me that this show is not airing right because we have yeah. spring game stuff yeah so we're right, just Teddy? we're That's just right. living free on the podcast right. world baby damn we're on the podcast uh-oh uh-oh bleep all that out or don't it's a podcast it's not What's a podcast who cares yeah they'll, they'll bleep it out anyway Thanks, oh, Tom. man, we didn't warn him. Yeah, that's right. We didn't. Usually I, we do warn you before we go for the gold. Mm-hmm. I can just put that explicit warning uh, on that's the podcast. Right. Just bleep it out. I don't want to get people angry with us. All that's right. fair. Although I don't know why you're listening to this anyway. <laughs> if <laughs> offends you. <laughs> the open yeah. just talked about me with the garden hose watering the tulips. Right. Yeah. I I think that's that's one of those things that's not explicit, but... It's well, actually I mean, worse. It's much worse. But you didn't say certain no, words, I know, so they let I you know. say it. I know. Yeah. What's coming up on the show, Teddy? Well, we found out that Red's president, Phil Castellini, he's a real piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it takes yeah. a lot. It takes yeah. a lot for Ted to do that. That's right. <laughs> he is. Ted's the guardrail on this program, and guardrails are off, baby. That's right. It's just more work for me. Mm. Okay. Uh, Baker, he explains why he's upset with the Browns. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> John Sterling had another classic home run What a goof. piece of shit. And all of us ate too much pizza before Thursday oh, show. Man, which, we all which felt like too. did I take a shit? Holy <laughs> This is a good open. Yeah. Good, classy open from adults. <laughs> Glad adults are doing the show. Yep. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend starts now. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. If I don't sound like myself, it's because I'm ready to vomit, poop, and pass out all at the same time. That would be a bad combo. Don't do that. Like, all at once? That's not good. You know, one of the things that we tell ourselves, or society tells us, is that when we get older, we get smarter. I, I'm, I'm telling you that is not the case with me. All right? I acted like a 12-year-old today. A 12-year-old whose parents said, all the candy you want. And you just eat and eat and eat until you puke. I am 42 years old. Mm. And sometimes I act like I've never seen food and I'm never going to have it again. All right? 
I walked in here. I had lunch before I came in today. I ate a big lunch. I had lunch. I walked in. Ten pizzas have been delivered here. Now, do I like a normal person say, oh, I already had lunch. But you know what? I'll have one piece of pizza because it was delivered here and I don't want to be rude and then call it a day. Did I do that? No. No. I walked in after having a big lunch and had nine pieces of pizza. Nine! Every time I got up from my chair to get something from the copy machine or take a piss, I would just grab another piece of pizza like I was taking a sip of water. And now I feel like I'm going to die. I am sweating right now. I am sweating. I hope when you went to use the bathroom, you did that first, washed your hands you thoroughly, I and did. then got your pizza, as opposed to eating a pizza in there while you were like one-handing doing everything else. I don't know what's going on. But it's only when you feel this way that you really start to evaluate your life. And I'm telling you right now, even though I feel terrible right now, nothing will change because <laughs> I'm stupid. Nothing will change. Oh, I know. I've, I've had my stupid moments where I've eaten more than I need to, right? Because everybody's done that. And it, it is something that is not fun. But in the moment, to do it right before you go on and do a three-hour radio show. No, that's it's dumb. I, if my mother-in-law ate nine pieces of pizza... At one time, yeah, she would die. She would drop dead and die. <laughs> Why do die you say that? Because Why would she? she's she's a very tiny eater, very oh, so small. Food intimidates her. Okay, you know we we joke about it because she's the type of person who says, "Your father-in-law and I went to a taco food truck. I had a taco, and it was so big, I split it with the neighbor lady." We're talking about like a food a taco, truck taco, food truck taco. max is two bites. Right. Max. Yeah. I mean, you can probably shove the whole thing in your mouth in one it bite. It was if you're... so big. I shared it with another neighbor lady who weighs four pounds. And we both threw up in each other's mouths. That's her. If she you're, had nine pieces of pizza, she'd die. Yeah. I know, but I should. I should. There should be a happy medium. There is. Between one taco and nine pieces of pizza after you have lunch. Yeah, well, we have we have a lot of people who are all trying to figure it out around here, right? Because, you know, Matt Hayes, who is in really good shape. I hate him. Matty Ice is not trying to put on any extra LBs. And he, he goes to the gym. He works out. He does what he needs to do. But he also, he is the king of broccoli around here. Yeah, he was I mean, having it today. There's a giant, there's always in our fridge, every day I think he replenishes it, brings it back in, a giant glassware dish with the Tupperware lid where he will then have a bunch of broccoli in there. And every break he comes out, takes two or three pieces out, microwaves them, eats them, goes back in, does another segment, comes back out, eats more broccoli, does a radio show, does this for three hours. By the end, all the broccoli's gone. I don't know what else he eats, but I think that's all he eats throughout the week. Then on the weekends, he eats like a normal human. Well, I've never seen him eat like a normal human. We had all this pizza today. He would walk past it and smell it. Yeah, you opened and that the was box it. and smelled, smelled and then, it, yeah. popped one, and then ate some more broccoli. Did He act, He ate a piece, though. He did he eventually. Did? I, thought, I, did, I did not see it. I thought he it. gave in and ate one I piece. I did not see it. Okay. I thought I had heard him saying he, he was going to try one, because you mentioned something to him about the buffalo pizza, and the buffalo pizza was delicious. Mm. That was the one to go with. Of all those pizzas, which were good, that buffalo pizza was real nice. Mm. I'm not grunting because I want more pizza. I'm grunting because just the thought of eating more pizza makes me want to die. Well, you've said before, you don't have full or no, satisfied. I, I, have, I have vomit. I have throw you up. Have, 
eat until vomiting. I have, I have ravenously hungry <clears throat> yeah. and then vomit sick. That's I right. have no full. Wow. But, but I thought as I got older, I would change, that I would learn some lessons, that I would acquire moderation through experience. Well, I think, and I mean, I don't mean to get too life coaching on you here, but I think that's on you. Of right? course it's on me. No, I mean like. Who else am I blaming You're here? not blaming. I'm saying like you're acting in a passive voice here of like, I thought it would just happen. It's like, well, no, you got to. You got to make it happen. No, well, I yes, I thought it would happen because I would feel like this enough times. I'd be like, well, I'm never going to do that again until you wait an hour from now. There's more pizza out there. I'm probably <laughs> going to go out there and have another piece. We haven't even gotten to. I'm stupid. We haven't even gotten to the main part of this whole story, which is sticker Brad. Oh, it's today. stupid. We stupid got, Brad. We had, we had a big like company wide zoom call we're all on it we're all talking about like this is going on and that's happening what's happening with this what's had, in the bag yeah and we heard about every single thing happening at the radio station and and very good i appreciate management being you know transparent letting us hear what's going on very nice of them and then the end of that happens sticker brad is on this call a few minutes later i see marco who runs you know this side of the business of the building the radio station side he comes in with a just like a comical amount of pizza. Ten pizzas. Ten like plus a huge thing of fried chicken and potato wedges. Right. And so he he's he comes in and he's like, I got all this pizza. Apparently it was delivered. And we said, Well, what happened? And he said he got a message from Sticker Brad that Stupid said Brad. it's it's there's a pizza drop today. And Thanks he, for giving us five minutes notice. <laughs> Brad was uh Brad was working remote today, so yeah. he was not here to help us with the pizza. In fact, I think because of this thing happening and there being a Zoom call, I think almost the entire office was like, oh, Zoom call? Well, I don't need to go in. And they were all at home. So there were like four people here to eat 10 pizzas. And let me tell you something. We did a damn we, good job. We put a dent in it. We did a damn good job. I mean, Teddy has not had a shirt on since at least 1.30 How many pieces of pizza did you have, Teddy? I had six. <laughs> six. And let me tell you something. Ted is the the ultimate in terms of if it says 12 serving sizes on a bag of chips, he gets 12 servings out of that. Right. It's going to take him 12 days to eat that bag of chips. Yeah. So Ugh. for you to have six pieces six of pizza, piece of pizza. that's an achievement. How you feeling? I feel very full. And, and I usually don't eat that much for lunch to begin with. Usually in the evening is when I eat a bigger meal, but... I had quite a bit of pizza there for lunch, and I am stuffed. Yeah, see, Teddy, that's that's what I did because I brought like a you know a lunch that would be a reasonable sized lunch, and then I said, well, you know what, screw it, I'm putting the reasonable sized meal at dinner now, and I'm just going to eat all this pizza. Well, that, but that's a smart thing to do. I had the lunch, <laughs> and then ate all the pizza. No, but if I I will tell you, if I had had my lunch and then pizza was here, I don't know if I would have eaten as much as I did. I would have had some pizza. I don't know if I would have eaten nine slices or six slices or 11 slices. I would have had maybe one or two, but I definitely would not have been able to resist the pizza is what I'm saying. So I get, but then once you're in and you start eating the pizza, you're like, this is really damn good. Mm. Let me try another piece of some other kind. They didn't just bring, by the way, like pepperoni and cheese. And then that's it for all of them. They brought like every box was a different cornucopia of joy. Just Jumping out of the box, all kinds of different ideas there in pizza land. And how are we not going to sample at least a few different varieties of this pizza? If I put this microphone down by my bowels right now, you would audibly hear it. 
you would audibly hear. I, I mean, there are noises going on. It's gurgling. I'm picking it up in my headphones. Are you gurgling? You know that feeling you have where you sit down on the on the on the pot, yeah, and you just say to yourself, "Uh oh," because you know you're going to have to birth something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this is going to be a thing. Like you got to yeah. get your feet elevated. You need a squatty potty. You need someone to help you with Lamaze breathing. It's going to be that type of pain. That's what you're feeling right now. The the precursors. Yes, to it. I know what's going to happen when I sit on the potty. Mm. That's a bad sign. And I'm sorry I just used the word potty. But I do have a five-year-old at home, and that's how that's what that's we call how, it. That's how we talk about it at our house. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old. I get it. Right. All right. Well, well, you know what? Teddy, I hate to do this to you, if buddy, because it's not your something. job description, but you may have to come over here and fan me during the show. Just get a piece of paper <laughs> and fan me. Will it get to a point where a resolution could occur during the show? No, no, maybe, no, no. This oh, is going to probably be, be tonight. I'll, I'll wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning oh, and, and birth a child. Well, it's I not didn't ready. know if maybe, yeah, well, obviously, I it's mean, it takes a while for whatever you ate just this afternoon to work its way through. I think I'm, it's breach. It's breach, too. <laughs> it's going to be a hard birth. <laughs> they may have to get the vacuum out. <laughs> maybe a C-section. Have you, thought, have you thought of a name yet, or are you just going to wait to see what's, what surprise God has for you there? Okay. Good. Good for you. <sighs> God. All right. We'll, we'll talk about things. That aren't this coming up next. Could you imagine being pregnant? I just want to say that no, as a man. I cannot. I have no concept of how I, women I do am, this for nine months. This is just, my equivalency of pregnancy. You have a pizza baby in your gut, oh. and it is ruining your life. And the lunch I had before had spicy salsa, too. <laughs> it was spicy. Yeah, so you've got some some spices in the pizza. Not, oh. not hot spices, but spices nonetheless. Dancing around with other spices from a whole other type of cuisine. It's all mixed in And I know what's going to happen, too, man. It's going to be like a two-hour birth, and I'm going to just rip a hemi. Like, I'm going to have a hemorrhoid problem then for two weeks because of this crap that I'm going to take later. <laughs> I've never all right. heard the term rip a hemi. Rip a hemi. You got a hemi in that thing? Oh, Hell yeah, brother. I, I got one. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> rip a hemi. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Urban was on the Tim May podcast. All right. Yeah. Uh, he was asked about doing TV again, potentially doing TV again. Yeah. Urban said, that's all still in conversation. I love Fox. I love their team. I love their guys. There's nothing that's been finalized yet. But yeah, I plan on going back and doing it. I really enjoyed that. I enjoy celebrating those who play it, celebrate those who coach it. It's a great game. Why does Urban... Why does he want to do this? Well, I know why he wants to do it. He wants to stay relevant. He wants to probably thinks I'm too old, just be sitting around the house. And No, but here's what I mean. You and me want to stay relevant to some level because we 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 get paid. We we have paychecks, we work, we have jobs. We'd like to eventually retire and have a nice life after this. But that's why you and I work. That's why many people work, right? Is we want to make money, we want to have a nice retirement, have our kids' college paid for, whatever it is. And then when you get there and that happens, you move on. Urban has had that done for a long time. I don't, and I know that you would say, well, he's the ultimate competitor. Coaching is what I would understand him wanting to go back to, but clearly that's not going to happen anytime soon. Why wouldn't you just want to go away from all this? And look how it went last year, right? Not your best year. Wouldn't you just not want to be in the limelight for a little bit? Wouldn't you want to just take some time out of that? I don't know. I I'm a, I'm applying my own brain to his life, and that's wrong because I wouldn't have also probably been as successful as him 
because I don't have the same brain as him, right? But I would say I've made all this money. I had a bad year last year. I don't want to see people for a while. I want to just be out of the limelight. Now, there's going to be an opening there because Bob Stoops is moving on to coach the XFL again. Oh, God. Whatever. Let him live. Yes. And you know what? From a Fox perspective, Urban, I thought, was better at it than Bob Stoops was. Well, sure, yeah. As long as they can get past all the other stuff if they're not horribly offended by that. I mean, I think he's a better analyst than what they currently have. Well, (laughs) that's probably what it is, too, with Urban, right? I mean, he had a bad year last year, so... You go on TV and you're and he is good at doing the TV stuff. Yeah, I think he's good at it. You will see articles written about he, you know, he's he's back, he's moved on from all that, things are better now. But he'll get a lot of praise for his analyst work because he is very good at that. So maybe that's why too. Maybe it, it's a boost to the ego. I did see the other day that they sold the house in Jacksonville for two point mm. three million dollars. It posted on March eighth. It posted just this week, but they sold it on March 8th. Uh, they just bought it a year ago. Oh, okay. That's for $2.15 million. And if, if you remember, this is on the same street where Timmy Tebow lives. Oh, I did not remember that. Yes, okay, because that was the whole thing, is that when Urban was giving him a shot, you know, they he were was, he was down the neighbor. The street. Down okay, the street. They probably yeah, carpooled to work. Come over. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't picked know. Picked him up. And by him, I mean Tebow picked him up. And by him picking him up, I mean they just levitated over there because Tebow's got those powers. He's so I don't, special. I don't know if he he bought something somewhere else or if he's just back living full time here. I don't know. I have no idea. I assume this is not his only property because the guy has millions and millions of dollars. Speaking of having millions and millions of dollars and selling your house, did you see Mark Wahlberg's house go up for sale? No. I mean, he's is, got he's got some money. Okay, that yeah, we know. He's got a lot of money. Uh, Mark Wahlberg selling his. It's not. It has not sold yet. It is up for sale. Twelve bedroom mansion. Let him live. Thirty thousand square feet in the Beverly Park neighborhood of Los Angeles with a cool six point one four acres that he has this property set on. How much? It is a French-style old-world chateau meets Parisian train station is how they describe you know this. That, you know what that means? Ridiculous. Gaudy AF gaudy is what that means. Gaudy and huge and ridiculous. Yeah. Interior design, design language, gaudy AF. Uh, yes. The property is up for sale at the bargain price of $87.5 million. Let him live. Look, as ridiculous as that is, Someone's going to buy it, of course. We had the story. I told you the story on Monday about the venture capitalist guy. He's worth $1.7 billion, according to Forbes. In a six-month time span, he's purchased $225 million worth of real estate in Malibu alone. At least with this for your 80-something million dollars. You're getting acreage. Yeah, right, You're getting 30,000 square feet. This last house that this billionaire guy bought in Malibu was $33 million. Mm-hmm. How much square footage do you think you get for $33 oh, million dollars in Malibu? I, I don't know. 3,200 square feet. Oh, my God. 3,200 square feet. How many millions? $33 million. Now, it's looking at the ocean, but 3,200 so, square feet cost $33 million. So you got a million per hundred square feet. That's that's yes. not great. That's yes. that's a well, real, it is great if you could afford I it. I guess sure. I'm looking at this Wahlberg property by the way like Johnny you said. Johnny Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark well, Mark, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg John. Uh I'm looking at his property. Now, 
it is obviously a very lavish house, but I'm looking more at the outside. Mm-hmm. What I can see here, this is like a helicopter view of the property. There is a giant pool. All of this is nestled, I want to point out, in a valley between the Hollywood Hills, right? I mean, these are huge hills all over that part of California. So you're up in a nice little mountainous region, but then you've got this cool little valley where you sit in. It's got a big pool there, huge lawn with a nice giant like uh, stair-step patio all the way down, multiple levels to that. Then there's a guest house and all that stuff back behind this. Then there is a full-size outdoor basketball court with lights and seating. Like there are like, uh, what am I looking for? Benches, not benches, but you know, where people can sit in, in like stands. They've got those. Then he's got what appears to be at least one golf course hole complete with sand traps, a green. So not just like a putting green. No, no. It's, it's like, it looks like you could drive a, from a tee box to a green. You know what you call that? What do you call that? I want me some glory hole. Sure. Yeah. So that's $87 million worth of real estate. Plus the house itself looks like it's gigantic. Speaking of celebrities and their, their homes, I saw that uh, Sylvester Stallone was selling his house. Oh. He's downsizing. Okay. So he sold, he listed his house, I guess, for like $110 million. Sylvester wow. Stallone. Wow. Didn't sell for that. Only sold for $58 million. Mm. Wonder and, how, and, wonder how he'll live on that. Well, he bought an $18.2 million house to downsize. Oh, sure. No, he's in his 70s, Bone. Yeah. What? <laughs> I do, I know that the, I know that when you're at a certain level, right? You you want to have the most lavish and nice things, but I do wonder when you have a I don't know thirty thousand square foot house. I think is what I said. Wahlberg's house was. How do what do you live? What do you do? There's no way you make use of thirty thousand square feet every day. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just saying I don't know how you live it unless like do you get physically larger when you make this amount of money where you're just. Taking bigger steps in your house, you're like, I don't I don't have enough room anymore. I gotta move. You know who bought Stallone's house for fifty eight million? I don't know. Adele. Oh. Let her live. That's I just meant a computer. A computer <laughs> brought her bought her house. Oh God. Oh dude, you're getting Adele. <laughs> Hello from the outside. What is that? That's her song. Oh, I don't know what the hell that was. You've never you heard, heard of Adele? I mean, that wasn't a I very could, good I rendition. Couldn't t- I couldn't tell you an Adele song. No. All right. Well, that's one of them. Look, hello. That is literally one of her songs. That's Hello, It's Me. That's how it starts. Okay. You'd like it. Maybe Leanna can sing some for me. Not not as good as I just did. <laughs> that was that was some top quality crooning I right there. I bet you Leanna has a fantastic singing voice. No, she's not going to. Well, you know what? You she might. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think it sucks. I don't think she's going to. And she's not going to sing on the airwaves like us two idiots. I want her to sing the entire traffic report. No. No, I know stop. if there's like a serious accident with injuries, she can't do that. <laughs> but if it's a light day, sing it. I don't sing think the traffic she's going to sing it. All right. Five-minute delay? Sing the five-minute delay. She has sang it in the past. She has? Yeah, we had that on one of our intros I where she remember. said, five-minute delay. Oh, but that was fake. She just did that for the intro. Oh, okay. Come on. All right. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. I just saw some video of the Philly fanatic, longtime yeah. Phillies mascot, jumping out of a plane, parachuting onto the field. Okay. How much money would it take you to do that? To be dressed up as the Philly fanatic now, and parachute? You, you or just can parachute? be dressed up as him if you want. 
but I'm talking about just jumping out of a plane. Probably not as much as you think. I mean, I, I might even, you know what? Less than 10 grand. I know some people actually pay to do this. Well, I'm saying like, I wouldn't do it right now, but I could see that being a thing. Maybe when I'm 50, like, let me see about, you know, only, only live once, try it once little YOLO action. Maybe, maybe that I'm not there now, but yeah, it's, it still would be a little terror. I'm guessing for you, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of money. I, first of all, I could not physically do it. You'd have to, someone have to push me out of the plane. They'd have to hop me full of quaaludes, attach me to somebody else because I would not be physically able to pull the the cord. Oh, yeah. I would just plop. Well, that's, I mean, I don't think I would be able to, like, solo do it. But if, solo. if I'm a, if I'm strapped to another man. Yeah, oh, yes. That's the only <laughs> way to do it. Strapped to way, a dude. Strap me to another dude. And then that dude needs to look like if, if everything went down and we were in, like, dystopian land future, he could lead me to safety. I, I need a I need someone like a Jason Momoa type who looks like he knows you know some what things and lives some life. It would be an awkward conversation going down. Because Why? you know what I would say to the dude I'm strapped to? What? Hey man, I'm Mike. Sorry I just diarrheaed on you. <laughs> Cause I would lose control over my bowels. I cannot do that. No, I many, many moons ago, I would if you asked me, am I a thrill seeker? I would have probably leaned more towards yes than no. Because like, I remember we took a vacation in Mexico, and we were in this area. Now, it was touristy, but they had a natural pool that was there where you came to the edge of this trail, and it's like, hey, you know, if this is 25 feet up. You can just jump off this cliff into the water. We're going to walk down these stairs down to the water where we're going to get in, like, little floaty things and float down the river to the end of our little trip but you can just jump into this natural pool. It's clear. You can see all the way to the bottom. It's all safe. Many people have done it. Go right ahead. No. And me and my wife both did it. We jumped right off 25 feet. Never saw the place before. Jumped right in feet first. It was one of the most surreal feelings I've ever had. And then I, at that moment thought, wonder what it would like to jump and just not for like minutes at a time. You just have that feeling of you're falling. And it made me think at that moment, maybe I would try skydiving that. And then I've never revisited since I gained a bunch of weight and never looked back. But yeah, maybe down the road, if I lost a ton of weight, I could see doing that. So here's how my mind works. First of all, I would be the one person that did die on the jump. Of the, like the little jumping into right. the pond? I would, I, okay, would, yeah. I would trip and like hit the water <laughs> the wrong way and die. And even if I were to survive... As soon as I get in the water, one of those fishes that swim up into your pee-pee and get lodged in there, right. then then I would have that swim into my urethra. I see. So that's you would just never be able to think of anything other than the worst possible yes, things I that could happen. Yes, I would cut myself on something and get MRSA. This is mm. where my mind goes. Yeah, I, I hey, I respect that and understand it. I remember... Floating in that river, though, and that's where I knew I was getting a little heavier. That was the first time I'd really experienced that because everyone else kept floating and I was just kind of bobbing. Like I wasn't, the river was not carrying me along. You're supposed I was to just, feel light when you're in the water. Well, I, I do usually, but for whatever reason that day, I just was not floating at all. And then I, my little arms with my fat body were not enough to like cause the thrust necessary to push myself down the I river. See. So I just ended up floating down there and looking like a beached whale. And that was the last time I did something like that for a while. Not going to lie. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. John Sterling is the radio voice of the New York Yankees. His birthday is on the 4th of July. How old will John Sterling be this year, Bone? 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll say I'll say 81. 84. He will be 84 years young. All right. And he had another home run goof. He is known for these. Look, sometimes announcers can get enthusiastic about something. Then the ball winds up being caught. However, John Sterling actually calls the home run and then has to take it back. Uh, This is last night. Giancarlo standing at the plate. John Sterling on the call. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, there it goes. Deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. But caught. (laughs) At the wall, caught by Tapia. (laughs) Boy, I thought that was gone. So Stanton got close. He sent Tapia back to the wall to make the catch. And the Yankees come up just empty. That would have tied the game. Mm. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if you were listening on the radio. You appreciate the... uh... You think it did tie the game. Well, right. You're, if you're paying attention, you probably must appreciate every so often. You hear John Serling say something, and then you have to go, wait, is that true? Or is he going to backtrack off of it? Well, why is that? Maybe because he has a reputation of doing this often. Here's another one. The pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. <laughs> I don't know what yes, you he's saw at wrong, first John, base. but you said out of the ballpark. Out of the ballpark. I mean, I know maybe he meant like just out of the field of play, but you're making it sound like this thing, a Stantorian home run. Like you're making it sound like it hit orbit on the way out. Like you are, in fact, so wrong on this. Because you lost sight of it. I wonder. The man has a home run call where he says, it is high, it is far, it is... Like, it's built for you to be able to go, it is caught at the warning track. Oh, my, what a play. Like, it is built for you to have the error where it jumps off the bat. You think it's going out. Either the wind catches it or you're just dumb. He can't see it. He's blind. Apparently not, but then wouldn't you just have someone like... I'm not going to say gone until you tap me on the shoulder and it's gone. You would think so. I would There's think- the choo-choo to Alex. Swung on and drilled to deep right center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Over the right center field wall. Oh, it hit and kicked over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got that all wrong. Mm-hmm. I got that all wrong. At the wall, Davis made the catch. Honestly, I didn't think he made it. I thought he gave up on the ball. That's why I thought it was out. So Davis made a catch against the right center field wall, and they were two away. But he hit a rope, though. <laughs> and that's what happens when Dickey gets that knuckleball up, and it just sort of flutters there and stays there. As John was saying, you can hit a lot of home runs off of him. Now here's Cano with you. <laughs> that's my favorite that's part. How, that's how you know. <laughs> that's my favorite that's part. That's how you know the anyway, guys. Here's Cano with you. You're not going to be in that business very long if you can't just go, oh, well, that was wrong. Anyway. <laughs> they keep bringing him back? Well, I'm saying if he, if he dwelled on that for more than five seconds, it'd probably ruin him for the rest of the day. He'd probably be awful. And I'm not... He's not an awful broadcaster. You're the you're the voice of the Yankees. You've done something well in your career. It's not like he's a totally bad broadcaster. It's just the amount of flubs a guy has at that level is a little startling 
given, like I said, he's the voice of the Yankees and has been for a long time. Now the right-hander is set. It'll be an 0-2 to Roman. And the pitch is foul. Tip another breaking ball away. Got a piece to stay alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Ooh, ooh. Well, it'll be an 0-2 to Roma. I know that's not a mess up. I just enjoy it. And again, we're just a dumb radio station in Columbus, Ohio that has these cuts. There's probably 20 more of them. Oh, if you actually worked there, the amount of times they've probably had him saying something that was completely inaccurate to what's going on. Call me crazy. I feel like if your job is radio play-by-play, more often than not, you should, not more often than not, almost always, you should get it right on what actually happened on the field. Yeah. I mean, you know. You know, there was a uh, special episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives with John Sterling and his color partner, Susan Waldman. Okay. Remember that when we did that stupid thing? I barely remember it, but why don't you play? Is this the one where they're reading? Actually, sexy? it's not. Uh, let me, no, they're reading. What was this? This was. Are they reading sexy text yeah, messages sexy, to each other? Sexy texts. Wait, sorry. Back up them further. Did we come up with a fever dream where <laughs> I think Bobby so. Flay and Giada De Laurentiis had hot text messages to each other? Because there was a, there was actually, a rumor that they were they were together. Did we actually? No, we didn't get the text messages. So no. this was just we we said there were probably our text messages, and then we had other people read the fake text messages that did not I exist. Don't know. Let's play it anyway. I can't stop thinking about you as I spoon out this locally sourced cream corn into a casserole pan. That's so romantic. I'm pounding out some veal right now, getting ready to lightly saute it in a red wine demi glace. You're making me hot. Almost as hot and creamy as this New England clam chowder I had for lunch. It was packed full of potatoes, just like I'd like to pack you full of potatoes. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I think I took it too far. I'm wearing nothing but cheesecloth right now. LOL. Sexy. I'm only wearing an oven mitt. I'll be over soon. I have an appearance at a farmer's market this afternoon. I can't wait to get you from that farm to this table. LOL. Is somebody reading sexy food text? Well, if so, Gaffietti wants to put his breadstick in somebody's foie gras right now. All right. How did you get in here? And who the hell are you? I've seen you before. You're the winner winner chicken dinner guy. You know it, brother. I hate your face. When we come back, I'm going to teach this broad how to dance. Only on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. That is the example of something that only amuses us. And we decide to release it to the masses. Are you aware of the working theory of how humans evolved, like from apes? Do you know what one of the big theories out there is? What? They believe that apes discovered psychedelic mushrooms, chomped on them for a while, saw these crazy visions of rando things, and then, and then started up? like, well, then started being like, hey, maybe we should work together. I'll share this with you because we have a commonality of some I have kind. Not, I've not heard that theory. What I'm saying is... We stumbled onto some mushrooms and then made that. I don't know what that you has. You know what to, else we have? That's not human evolution. I'm just saying that's how psychedelic and ridiculous all that was that you just heard. Uh, we have actual text messages. Remember the actual text messages from Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito. It they probably, came out. It probably was around that time where we were just reading text messages because they were coming out about a scandal. And then we started inventing scandals and then 
making fake text messages. But I'm just saying, we also had fake John Sterling and Susan Waldman oh, read real okay. text messages. Okay. Where is where to go? Did, I don't know. What'd you do with what'd you do with it? And do anything. It just oh here it's some mushrooms. Mm-hmm. How was Brazil? Bad b- everywhere. Ridiculous. Best trip of my life, John. Nice. You have to pay for chicks? Both. Lots of randoms. Lot of hooks. Damn. I bet they were all on point. You back in Florida now? Yeah, where you at? Most beautiful woman I've ever seen. NorCal at Stanford. How's training going? Good, bro. Just been out here grinding. You getting stronger? You couldn't possibly get any weaker. Yeah, getting there. At 317 right now. All right, this goes on for another 32 seconds. That's... Those were the real text messages. <sighs> what a stupid show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, thanks for listening. It is high. <laughs> this show is high. It is bonged out of its mind. Uh, it entertains me. At least that did. All right. Good. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Now, it is an important cup, the Ohio Cup. Oh, it's in so fact, important. it's so important. It might be one of the biggest trophies in the world. Dare I say they should rename it to the World Cup. Oh, is that name tape? No, they can't <laughs> do that. Okay. Then something bigger than that. Well, Rob Manfred said the World Series trophy is just a piece of metal, just some hunk of metal that you don't need to care about. So maybe the Ohio Cup, more important than the World Series. These two teams better hope so, because that's about all you're getting this year. I'm just lucky I have a team. That's right, Ted. You are. Be you careful should, what you wish for, How Teddy. dare you even be mad that your team's losing, because you should just be thrilled they still exist. You heartless SOB. Phil Castellini told us all. You just got to be thrilled oh, no. the Reds Phil, are here. Phil apologized. He apologized. Oh, yeah. Here's what Phil had to say. Okay. I'm sure it was genuine. I apologize to Reds fans and regret the comments I made earlier in the day. We love this city. We love this team. And we love our fans. I understand how our fans feel. And I'm sorry. No, you're not. Look, I told you that sometimes we, we see transcripts of things when you go and listen to the audios, sometimes the tone doesn't match up with the transcript. All nuance is lost when you're reading something from a piece of paper. So he first said this on LW yesterday before the game. I listened to the audio. It was worse. Right. It was worse than the actual written word. He had an opportunity right before the game to go on television and say, hey, you know what? I, I don't know. Somebody slipped me a roofie at the parade. I don't know what's going on. Joe Burrow's parents brought their curtains to the parade. It distracted me. (laughs) I didn't really mean any of what I said. I'm very sorry. Instead, he came off even more prickish and doubled down on it. He's not sorry. That's what he meant. I found out. I was talking to uh, B.A. Maddie Andrews earlier today. And because he was he was on his way out to do the Ohio State baseball game in Dayton. And so he's a huge Reds fan. He caught some of their pregame on their like home radio station down there in Cincinnati. And he said Castellini was on earlier in the day and had those comments that went everywhere. But then another host, after having heard those comments, said, I would like Bob Cast or Phil Castellini to come back on and clarify this. So he actually, and he came on and said similar things again. So he clarified it twice on that radio station and then did that TV interview that we're talking about 
where he had the red coat on and looked like an Uber oh, douche. Oh, I can't stand him. Can't and, stand him. And then, then after all that, and just continually not shutting up all day yesterday, running his gums like like he had nothing to lose, and he probably doesn't. He then apologizes today after saying what he like. He tried three times to sell you on what he actually thinks, and then the fourth time he's like, "All right, I'll admit it's not a popular opinion." But you know what he thinks? Reds fans, you know this guy does not mean a word of what he said in that apology, right? You have to believe that this Castellini family, that's all they think about right now is, look how rich we're getting. Look how little we have to do to keep this product good. We can trade away. All the guys on this team that are any semblance of good are going to cost us money. We can trade them all away and get picks or whatever you want. I don't even know if you're getting that much back in return. Prospects and all that again. And five or six years from now, what happens? You get kind of good. You sign two free agents to say we're making a run. And then if it doesn't work, if, if lightning doesn't strike, then you can, after two years, blow it all up again and say, well, this is baseball, small market team. What are you going to do? No, but you know what it, it would, bothers me, I guess, even more? And this goes back to the Adam Schefter thing we've been talking about for a couple days, is how people who should know how to read the room don't know how. Yeah. Right? I mean, Schefter has been on radio and television for over a decade. How he can be so tone deaf in some of his responses just boggles my mind how he can't hear himself. Even if Phil Castellini felt that way, and of course he does, and maybe the old man does too, or maybe the old man called him up and said, hey, son, do me a favor. You've done nothing in your whole life except just exist off of my coattails, so shut the hell up. Maybe the old man had to say that to the 55-year-old, however old Phil Castellini is. How embarrassing is that? But very rarely do we hear these people. I'm sure, who's the CEO of McDonald's? I don't even know. Ray Kroc the fourth. It's probably not. <laughs> right. But whoever the CEO of McDonald's is, he's got to sit. He's got to answer questions about why a Big Mac costs $8 and inflation and all this crap. At no time does it enter his brain to say, hey, man, you know what? What are you complaining about? You want a Big Mac? This is where you get a Big Mac. If it's $8, $9, oh, sorry, can't feed your family. Who the hell cares? Executives know better. Uh, yeah, they should know better. And the fact that Phil Castellini has such disdain for the people that buy tickets that go in that ballpark, that should tell you something. The payroll being what it is, not wanting to win. Yes, of course, that's bad. We can have discussions about that, but it's a problem throughout Major League Baseball with some of these owners. But most of them have the brains to at least be polite to your face and yeah, keep their mouth of shut. Course. No, but your your point is well taken. I mean, I'm sure there there are clearly examples of this where where the opposite is true. But by and large, I bet most people who have ever worked for a small business, family-run business, that's what a lot of Major League Baseball teams are run like. When you get up to the front office, right? Yes, they have millions of dollars, a lot more budget than a small business. But what usually happens? The family owns it. The, the, the children of the patriarch or matriarch who bought the team get the rights to the team next. And then they run it and then they give it to their kids. And at some point you're getting people who have no business experience whatsoever, but they're given the keys to the castle. And that's everyone who's, if you've worked for a small business, you probably encountered the owner's son or the owner's daughter. Who's maybe not as up to snuff as the other employees there. And a lot of people go, Oh man, not, no, not them. Don't put them in charge of that. That's what Phil Castellini is. He is a failed child of another rich guy. 
That's all he is. And he fails upward, and he's never had any consequences for it. Now he finally opens his mouth, and somebody calls him on it, and suddenly he doesn't know what to do. That's that's who you've got running this team, and that's sad, unfortunately, that that's the guy that's going to be next in line. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Dick Masheter Ford fan poll, 971, one, that too, 971thefan.com. Who will win this season's Ohio Cup? Guardians, Reds, or a tie, which means I think it would stay with the Guardians. Or special option four, mm. Jimmy Crack Corn. Who the hell cares about the Ohio Cup? <laughs> Who ca- Teddy, don't, don't you do say care about No, it. you don't. You care that your team wins games. Let me ask you but this. But the actual physical thing, the Ohio Cup, you don't care. I'm annoyed because we don't have it. I think we tied last year. It looked like we were going to win it. Liar. I have to hear Colin talk about, oh, we got the cup. He's running around all the time talking about <laughs> it. It's very he annoying. Doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't even know. He doesn't know that his team has the Ohio Cup. Oh, he knows. This manufactured piece of crap. I'd rather have the Illibuck. Shark had the uh, Ohio Cup actually shaved into his chest hair. When I, he came I, today with no shirt right. on, and Shark's just oh. running around. Yeah. It's pretty hate crazy. It. Yeah. You can't have this back. I agree, though. I think, and I obviously Ted's having fun, but I don't think there's any Guardians or Reds fan that if you gave them the option, you can be in first place at the end of August in your division but you've lost every game in the Ohio cup or you have like whatever your record's going to be. And you've won the Ohio cup. Oh, that's like asking if the Buckeyes would rather have a national championship and, you know, lose to Michigan. Oh, no, shut up. Not. Shut up. It's different. You don't even mean it. <laughs> I hate this effing place. Tomorrow. Fan poll. Is the Ohio cup, the greatest rivalry in all of sports. Stop it. Yes or no. Common Man and T-Bone. Catch the live experience weekdays from 3 to 6 and listen on demand at 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. We start the program today with sad news from the weekend. If you're listening to me, I'm sure you've heard this already. Former Buckeye quarterback Dwayne Haskins dies at the age of 24. He was trying to cross a highway on foot. He was hit by a dump truck. I don't know the uh, ins and outs and the nuances of this story. I've seen several theories floated about this, and quite frankly, at this point, it doesn't matter. There's time and place for all of that, sort of filling in the blanks, but what we know today is that a 24-year-old guy died, and none of what he did at the professional level matters. This guy lost his life, and and it's a shame. I... I enjoyed watching him, obviously, when he was here at Ohio State. We've all seen the videos of him as a little kid in the Buckeye jersey, and this is all he wanted to do, was be an Ohio State quarterback. And I can't imagine what the people connected to him feel today. I can't imagine what his wife and family feel today. Uh, just a, a terrible story. There's there's really nothing else to say about it other than it's just terrible. Yeah, it, it is terrible. I guess the thing I would add to that is that sports, professional sports, collegiate sports, big time, you know, Big Ten football, Ohio State football, it allows us these connections to people that we otherwise probably would never get to know or, you know, might just, yeah, you know, we might run into in some other walk of life. But th- this is something that puts, you know, Uh, young people on a stage that is so elevated, right? And oftentimes we apply the lessons of the things we've learned in 30, 40, 50 years of life, however long you've been alive. 
And sometimes we look at an 18 or 19 year old or a 20 or 22 year old and see decisions they make and judgments are thrown out there, right? It's part of what we do. It's part of the nature of sports media, but you know, that was a good reminder as, as sad as all of that was uh, over the weekend, just to remember that every athlete you're watching on Sunday or Saturday, or whatever day your favorite sports played, they're people, they're humans. They have lives. They have people who are connected to them. Like you said, who don't really care if they score touchdowns or hit big three pointers at the end of a game or whatever. They just, they love them because they're, they're people that they care about just like we all do. And, and that's what was to me, once the shock wore off of that whole story, that was the thing that was kind of frustrating to see happen in sports media was some of the sports media types putting things in context of, you know, guy who couldn't play as well as we thought he should I, at the I don't, NFL I don't, level. I don't understand why that's relevant in this no, case. No, I don't know why like, that like had to I be said, put in there to some of this commentary about right, him. Right, there's going to be time and place for longer conversations and nuance to this story. The day the guy dies is not the time and place for that. I guess they teach you day one, you know, hey, try and separate yourself. If you're going to be in the media media business, try and separate yourself from the next guy. But it amazes me. It amazes me. And we're not talking about a 22-year-old guy that just fell off the turnip truck who's hosting a podcast. We're talking about guys who are in their 50s and 60s and 70s. How old is Gil Brandt? I think he's almost 90. That's a whole other story with Gil Brandt. I don't know why anyone close to him lets him get on the radio because he's embarrassing but himself I, left and right every I, I time he does it. Right. I don't understand that. I don't understand the the Schefter. Now you can say, well, Schefter's wasn't mean-spirited. Maybe it wasn't mean-spirited, but... It was the, cold. The, right, it was the very inability cold. of these people who have been around the block to not read the room fascinates me. Even if you have that thought in your head, right? what makes you think this is the time and place to jot that down on the keyboard? For those who may have missed it, Adam Schefter initially tweeted out, you know, Dwayne Haskins, former, uh, you know, quarterback who stood out at Ohio State, but failed to catch on in the NFL. It's irrelevant. Why? why? It's irrelevant. What do you? What does that have to do? Imagine. I know. I know there are eulogies and there are are different things that we do in our society when people die, but usually in a news report, you don't typically start off with man who didn't make as much money as he wanted to in his career, died of heart attack. You, you know what I mean? We don't describe anyone else that way. We just say, man died of heart attack. You know, maybe if it was with like Adam McDonald's, that was noteworthy, right? Putting in there that he died crossing a freeway is not, that That to me is not bad. That's just reporting the news. That's a lot different than throwing in, hey, it was good at Ohio State, but he didn't get it done in the NFL. Who, what? What does that have to do with anything, Shefty? And he obviously had the good sense or enough people yelled at him, whatever it was, to delete that and put out a more tasteful tweet. But yeah, but you know, at I the don't same time, I don't understand. He could have come out in, in a and said, "I'm sorry for the the previous tweet." Yeah, it that's, was it was that's tasteless. A thing. He did none of that. You could you could at least acknowledge that was worded poorly, and I apologize for that. I'll 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 amend that, or that was a wrong thing to do. I think what it illustrates to me, and, and for Gil Brandt's thing, I forgot to bring that back. If you missed that, he he had a whole rant on a radio show. As there, I mean, I think on the radio show they were discussing like, hey, this is just coming out. This is happening. So he's almost getting it in real time or a few minutes after this news is breaking. And he starts to lead with, oh, yeah, this was a guy who was living to die. And it's like, what are you talking about, Maybe Gil if Brandt? he stayed in school 
Yeah, maybe if he He'd stayed still in be school. Alive. I don't. I it, it. I say with Gil Brandt, I, I, I people near him need to like get to him and say, "You, this is not for you, pops. Sorry, it's you don't been need years to be, with that though." Yeah, you don't need to be doing this anymore. I mean, he's had ridiculous things that he's put out there before that are that are way over the line, and this is as as bad as any of them. He's not doing himself any favors by going on any type of radio show and saying stuff like that. But now the, the overall tragedy of this is, is that a 24 year old who had a lot of life to live, regardless of if it was as a star number one quarterback in the NFL, or if it was as a backup, or if it was as a guy who never played football at down after a year or two from now, I don't know what the future held for him, but it was something other than what it is now, which is absolutely nothing. That's the tragedy of this situation. Not that his career never came to be what it could be, or not that he didn't throw enough touchdowns. It's it's that a young guy lost his life for no real reason that we can see, and, and it's it's horrible. I am the type of guy who searches for answers, even though I know that I'm not going to get any, but it doesn't stop me from thinking about what's out there, what could be out there. There's a lot of you that are, have deep conviction, deep faith. You know exactly what's out there, and I envy you. I'm not that person, but I thought of a quote when I read this on Saturday. As long as there's one person on earth that remembers you, it's not over. And, you know, I hate to get all breathy about what it means to play for Ohio State, but I've always sort of thought this way, that when you are given the keys at Ohio State and you run with it and you become a star, which Dwayne Haskins was, you almost become immortal. No one's ever going to forget you. Oh, yeah. No one. You know, I, the second I turn off this microphone, I'm done. No one cares. My old podcast won't live. No one remembers these shows. Dwayne Haskins will be remembered 200 years from now. I don't know where he'll be. I don't know if he'll be anywhere or what he's doing, if he's looking down on us. Maybe you do know that. I don't know. But what I do know is 200 years from now, whatever medium we have, whether it's radio or podcast or super podcast or hologram podcast where the radio host reaches out and touches your genitals, I have no <laughs> idea what medium we're going to have. But they're going to remember and be talking about Dwayne Haskins because he's part of history. Well, and that's that's the the bigger picture reason why I think a lot of us love sports. Not, not everyone probably feels this way. Certainly it sounds like some of the guys in the media have forgotten this, but the reason I love sports at least is because occasionally another human you've maybe never met and maybe never will does something miles away from where you are that causes you to feel a thing, to jump out of your chair, to have your heart racing, and to like yell at the top of your lungs. Do, do, do we understand how valuable that is? Do we understand how hard that is to do? Think about what you could do right now to get a random stranger to go, yeah, like that. What could you do? What could you possibly do? The answer is Dwayne Haskins did find what that is. He touched that for a few moments in his life. That's something we could all strive for, you know? Like, I saw some people interviewed on campus, some students. And, you know, one of, one of the students was saying, Dwayne Haskins was one of the main reasons I chose to come to Ohio State. Right? right? Now, think about that for a That's second. Nuts. Now, you know, this, this guy, I don't know what he's going to do with his life. 
but he's at Ohio State. Presumably, he will earn a degree from Ohio State, get a job based on going to Ohio State, raise a family, raise children, grandchildren, all of that. And maybe that entire guy's life and his lineage is tied to Dwayne Haskins throwing a football at Ohio State. Yeah, man. It's I, I know that and you know what? It, it it's no it's different, I guess, in the sense of when we hear about an a legend at Ohio State or a legendary player that we all followed dying at the age of eighty five of, you know, natural causes or yeah. old age or something like that. But I, I know that that is the same type of connection that a lot of people who watch that player then. The difference is we we got to see the rest of their life, you know, and that's that's where the tragedy is in this. So, yes, of course, all the thoughts go to his family and anyone who who knew him deeply or anyone who got to interact with him. Uh, obviously, it, I think it it hit me pretty hard. I, I've I've heard a lot of these. I've seen a lot of these where, you know, an athlete you follow dies unexpectedly. Sadly, doing this, you hear a lot of names of people passing away over the years. But for some reason, man, this one this one hit me hard when it came down over the weekend and yeah, it's, it's obviously going to take a while for all of us to kind of process that and, and move forward. Common man and T-bone weekend. Who is the greatest coach of all time? A new survey asked 1,396 people. Why couldn't they find four more people for an even 1400? I have no idea. 1,396 people. Who's the greatest coach of all time, regardless of sport. Oh, you ready? Here are the answers. Bill Belichick and Vince Lombardi each had 10% of the vote. All right. Those were the first two. Those are pretty good choices. Second on the list with 7% of the vote, Phil Jackson. All right. I was going to say you should be up there. Also getting now, as we get farther down on this, this is going to become a name recognition contest because there's no way these people should be on this list. All right. Right. Also with 7% of the vote, John Madden. John Madden okay. was a was a very, very good NFL coach. His winning percentage was excellent. He won the Super Bowl. He is not on the list with these other guys that we've mentioned so far. If you want to say John Madden is one of the most influential coaches of all time. That's fine. That's different because that would that's not talking about even during his coaching tenure, but he had such an influence on how we watch football. He was more of a – I'm not trying to diminish what he did as an NFL coach, right? He was a Hall of Fame coach. Yes, he was very good. But his career as a broadcaster far surpassed as far as his his collective knowledge of what everyone understood of him. That's far more from his TV work than it is from his days of coaching, and he had much more impact in that way. So, no, I don't think that's right to put him in the top five coaches of any sport of all time. No. So those were the the top four. They got the most votes by far. Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi, Phil Jackson, John Madden. Next on the list, with 4% of people responding, John Wooden. All right. Next I mean, on the list, that's, that's he, he should be there. Yeah, reasonable point to be made there. Here are the uh, the guys with 3%. Tom Landry, Teddy's guy, mm-hmm. Nick Saban, yeah. and Mike Krzyzewski. All get 3%. I don't know that I would put Landry in the same conversation, but to be fair, I wasn't, I know he's a legendary head coach. I don't know if I would put him top five of all the coaches ever that have Teddy's ever coached. Gonna, Teddy's going to fight you. Well, I got a name that I would put above him for sure. Well, hold on. I'm still, 
Oh, I forgot. Another guy got 3%, and okay. he does not deserve to be here. I will tell you this. Mike Ditka. Sure. Also getting 3% of the vote. That's that a is name recognition Total thing. name recognition. Yes, Mike Ditka won the Super Bowl, and if he controlled his ego with his players and his coaching staff, perhaps he could have won two more. That's how good that roster was. There is no way in hell Mike Ditka should be mentioned with these other names on the list, including John Madden. No, including John Madden. Yeah. Would, let me ask you this. Madden, uh, Ditka, Jimmy Johnson. Of those three, who's the first one you take? Because I think you take Jimmy Johnson. Yes, I will take Jimmy Johnson. I mean, Johnson. Jimmy Johnson built the Cowboys, and then Jerry Jones got pissed at him and said, now you get out of here so I can run the team. And they still won another Super Bowl with Barry Switzer with Jimmy's guys. Like well, he, plus Jimmy won a national championship. And he won a national championship. Right. I'm saying if we're going to talk about that level of coaches, I'd put him above those guys, but he doesn't have quite, even though he's on TV all the time, he doesn't have quite the name recognition that those guys do. Man, I just tried to picture Mike Ditka recruiting high school kids. <laughs> I, Can you imagine you know, that? I don't know why, but I like whenever I hear Ditka talk, it also puts me in the mind of like Norm McDonald's Burt Reynolds impersonation. Well, that's exactly right, because he just would chew gum, gum. Yeah. chew gum. Like, come here, don't come here. I don't care. Yeah, but I brought, I brought, I brought some sausages. You can have those. You're not coming to the school. You really if you don't think play. you're all that, don't you? And he would ride up. To, he would ride up to your house you in the wrestle? golf cart. You want to arm wrestle right now, son? I'll show you the Bauer right here. All right, here are the two percenters: Tony Dungy, Greg Popovich. Okay, I was about to say Popovich's name not being on there would be a slight. So I'm glad he's there. Don Shula and Joe Paterno. Those are the two percenters. Mm. I right. hear the one percenters now. Just two more names on this list: Bobby Knight and Bear Bryant. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, all those names, for the most part, other than the ones we've, like, stopped on. I'm think, trying to think, who who should be on this list that's not? It feels like, go ahead. I say, yeah, did you mention the guy that was at your wedding? Was he on that list? Chuck Noll? Yeah. Chuck Noll no, he was not on He should be on that list. That's right, he should be on this list. I agree with that. If Try we're it. putting Tony Dungy on this list. Well, no kidding. We didn't get a lot of uh, baseball managers, I don't feel like, in all that, did we? None. Did we get any? No. Didn't get one baseball manager, huh? Okay. No Joe Torre? Nope. I mean, there's there's been legendary managers all throughout. No uh, Tony La Russa, my guy. <laughs> Longevity at the very least, you would think. Your guy, of course. Going to win a World <laughs> Series this year. I mean, I make fun of him, but... Well, no, he has The man has won career. multiple World Series. And a... Weird, with different organizations. He has a weird love of cats. One thing in common, which is steroids out the ace <laughs> for both of those teams. Yeah, but you're right. It does come down more to, well, I know who this guy is, and I've heard the name. Those are all famous names. Maybe not, not that they're not good coaches or even great coaches, but if we're talking orders of greatest coaches of all time, yeah, it feels like we've left quite a few names off that list. I mean, if, we, if we're talking about people that have won multiple championships and have reached the pinnacle of their sport many times, I mean, Urban's got to be in the conversation. Urban would have to be in that conversation. Sure. As a college, if we're putting college coaches in well, there. Well, yeah. Paterno's on here. I'm trying to think of other, other coaches we're missing. All right, here's my question to you, though. All those names that I just, I just uh, named for you. All yeah. those names that I just named for you. Who's the number one guy for you, regardless of sport? Now, I know it's hard to compare eras and compare sports, 
Mm. But if you had to pick the greatest coach of all time, that who is, would it be? That's a tough call because, like, I'm inclined to go Saban or Wooden or even Coach K as much as I can't stand him. But all those guys coaching in college, you do get this built-in advantage that once you build it, you can then keep – it's a lot easier to keep it going because you've got the recruiting advantage. And I'm sorry for those of you who don't know the John Wooden backstory and think it was all just him teaching guys how to pull their socks up. Go look at the recruiting <laughs> violations First that would have happened. No, but that's I what love, I love. He, the, I love the anchor. Before you could dribble a ball, he'd show you how to put your socks on and then how to tie your shoes. And that was the foundation yeah, of He John also Wooden. got the best talent every yes. single year. Yes, he did. And we just ignore that Bill Walton played for I don't him. He was one of the greatest players of all time. I think that's a feather in John Wooden's cap. All these greats have played for him. Is that he could go out and get the best talent every How about Dean Smith not being on this list? Dean Smith's a big miss. Yeah. Totally agree with that. That's a good one. How about Bill Walsh? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you've got a lot of parts of the game for many, many years after he retired. If you want to talk, I know I was saying it's not influential. It's not the influential list, but he would be on that for that reason too, right? Yeah. Paul Brown. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. I don't think anybody who's a football fan in the state of Ohio should argue that. Pretty great lineage he's got there at all three of the big football institutions in this state. So let's go. We're missing some other people, who too. I would pick. Maybe Phil Jackson. Phil's got a really good case. Just because of, you know, every, oh, he's got the best talent every single year. We've seen that that doesn't matter, especially when you're dealing with massive egos every single year to get them to buy in and color within the lines and still be hungry to win more championships. Well, right, and to do that, as we were just talking about in college where a lot of these coaches like Saban, they get the great talent too, and they still have to get that talent to show up. But yeah, but they're also recycling talent. Where every you get few years new, you get a new hungry chance. guys right. in trying to make a name for themselves. When you've already made a name for yourself, when people are saying that you're the greatest of all time and yet you can still go out there and beat people and win every single year. Well, and not just that, convincing. I think there is a difference between convincing guys who want to be millionaires to play the sport the right way versus convincing guys who are millionaires, right? Like getting people to buy into your vision when they don't need you to achieve their dreams because they've already done it. They've already made the money. They're already rich beyond their wildest dreams, but they're willing to buy in because of what you're selling. That is, that's a huge difference than going into an 18-year-old's living room and saying, if you come here, I can make your dreams come true. Of Bill, all the people on this list, Ditka is the most ridiculous. He's it up is there. Ridiculous that he is. He is here. Yeah, I agree. He I wouldn't don't. even be in the top twenty-five NFL head coaches of all time. Dungey won two Super Bowls. Am I wrong? I think it was. Was it just the one? I think it was just one. Just the one. Yeah, just the one. Because he right. got to another one. That's. I mean, that's. I'm not. I'm not trying to slight him, but. You are trying to slide. Are we saying Tony Dungy is any better of a coach? He than... is America's dad. All right. I got Cosby it. is a rapist. <laughs> and so Tony Dungy has taken over. Okay. As America's dad. That's fine. I like, listen to him. I, I mean, I appreciate that Tony Dungy seems like a good man. Maybe I don't need the lectures every five seconds, but all right, I'll take you that he's a good man. I don't him know. Him and Mike greatest, Tarico are going to come over to your greatest house. Greatest coach of all time. Tell you how to live. I don't think live. he's in that conversation. Chris Cornell. He's not. Greatest of all tell time. Tell me how 
matter. Show me how to live, not tell me how to live. Sorry. Tony, what happens if like Tony Dungy and Tony Larusa get in the same restaurant and then they're like, oh, let's compare? Nope, nope. Sorry, Tony. Got I'm I'm far beyond. I've got too much. Look at all this that I've got and I've won. You've won barely anything. You can't get into this club. And Tony Larusa is not on the list. In my mind, Tony Larusa goes everywhere with a little tiny kitten. Yeah, everywhere he goes. I, <laughs> No, he's like, what's his name in dirty work with that little dog? He's doing that dog, man. <laughs> There's a, a reference call. from a movie dirty that no work. one saw. Yeah, dirty director work. of Dirty Work, by the way. No, I don't know. Bob Saget. Man, everyone with that movie's dead, except for the guy you except thought would be Lang. dead. Except for Artie Lang. Artie Lang's Artie alive. Lang is alive. He's just like rising from the grave. Just all every time you think you got him in there. Boom, there comes that hand like Carrie, just shooting out of the ground. <laughs> His nose, His falls, nose off. falls off. He pops it back on. It's amazing. Godfrey's it's dead. Saget's dead. Everyone's Norm dead. McDonald's Norm McDonald's dead. They're dead. all dead. And Artie Lang is still alive. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. I was reading today that a uh, bunch of Kmart locations closed. Mm-hmm. And so Kmart once had 2,000 locations, more than 2,000 locations in the United States. They are now down to three. Wow. Only three. Three Kmarts are left in the entire country. And I was reading some of the comments under this story, and I was not prepared for the love for Kmart for oh. a lot of these a lot of these people. And I'm I'm the one that, you know, mourns the loss of restaurants that have gone away. But still, that's a that's a food item. If you can only get it there, it's it has memories attached to it. Maybe you went there with your family on a Saturday night, and that's why you have a special affinity for York Steakhouse or something like that. I've even said that about Blockbuster Video, where there's a part of me that misses those video stores because that was good times when you were a kid. Friday night, Saturday night, perusing the selection, stuff like that, trying to get away with an R-rated movie once in a while if you knew the clerk behind the thing. But I don't really have an attachment for Kmart, but I right. guess some people do. I, well, here's the thing I remember most about Kmart, because we did shop there a lot when I was a kid. I will never forget the fact that now, for people who maybe didn't grow up with Kmart or don't remember it that well, picture a store, a department store, the size of Kohl's, with, let, let's say, not quite the stuff that's at Kohl's. It, wasn't, it was a little slightly more different, but, you know, you get clothes and shoes and some home goods there. But then over in the corner of that Kohl's, there is a giant pizza place like a little Caesars just sitting there. That's what they used to have in some of these, uh, in some of these uh, Kmarts. And they also would have like the Slurpee machines and the cotton candy and all that stuff. And I remember thinking that was awesome because usually if the shopping trip was going poorly and taking too long, then I could convince my mom, we should go over there and get something. I'm really hungry. And we've been in here for an hour. Like if we got in and out real quick, found what we were looking for and got back out, no chance. But if we were in there for like 30, 40 minutes, I might be able to finagle like, a pizza slice, which was always good. I do understand it from the mortality standpoint where I had this couple years ago where I went back to my hometown and I drove past where the grocery store was that I worked. Yeah. Bad groceries. Gone. Something mm. else is there. The mall that had the Spencer gifts. Abandoned. Yep. They're right. tearing it down in, in pieces. Gone. And it's not like it's, oh, where are you going to get groceries? There's plenty of places to get groceries and 
penis pastas and dildaroonies <laughs> that they had at Spencer Gifts. The two it's things not, that you are known for selling. Well, whatever. It's not the loss of those things, but it's almost like that's part of your life that now just exists in your mind. The physical place is gone. Well, I think that puts us one step closer to when you talk to someone who, and I'm going to say the term, and this is a scientific term, someone who is really old. <laughs> you but can't when, see him, but he's doing air quotes when he right. says really old. But when you talk to someone who's really old and you're like, oh yeah, I was over at, uh, I don't know, the new mall that they put up and they're like, back in my day, that was a bowling alley and a hair salon. Yeah, that's and where that, I am now. Yeah. And you, and you had, and they're like, oh yeah, whatever. How long ago was that? A million years ago? That didn't exist. What are you talking about? It's a mall. And, and now that's what happens when places you grew up with are gone, something else way cooler probably to today's current generation is going to be put there, and that's what it's going to be known for, and then you're going to be in there one day saying, I used to bag groceries right in here, and they're going to be like, shut I do up, that old now. man. Krista makes fun of me when I'm driving in the car. I'm, I've become that guy where I say, I remember when none of this was here. <laughs> was all farmland yes. as far as the eye can see, yes. and now there's an Ikea. See, I'm I don't know the, why it sound like Jack Black I don't when know. I do it. Yeah, in School of Rock, it's kind of what you're doing. That's a, it's a weird movie to go back and watch. Because in School of Rock, I've, have you watched that recently? I mean, I, no, not recently. Because I watched it when it came out, and then... Yeah, it was kind of hit when it came out. Yeah, it was, and I enjoyed it when it came out. You know, it's his teacher. He goes, in a, well, not even really a teacher. That's the problem. Because now you go back and look at it, and it's a guy who's a loser, who's hanging on to this band that he's not any good in, and then he, his neighbor, his neighbor, his roommate, who is actually getting his life together a bit and was in the same band but got out of it, he's a teacher at this very prestigious private school. Jack Black pretends to be a teacher and just hangs out with students all day. Terrifying thought as a parent now, right? Some rando person becomes part of the class and starts teaching. But then, yes, he teaches them how to play rock, and that part's all good. And I do enjoy those moments, but... All the parents who at the moment in the movie, they're like, I can't believe this happened. It's like, yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I would be very angry a at Jack Black. A lot of those Black. movies are like that where you go back and watch them. Like that Drew Barrymore movie, Never Been Kissed. Oh, right. Where yeah. she's an adult, but she goes back to high school undercover. Yeah. Because she's writing for a paper or something like that. That's creepy enough that she has a thing with the teacher, right? Yeah. And they're both adults, but teacher doesn't know that. Right. Right? Yes. And then David Arquette, who plays her brother, starts as a student again, too. And he's showing up and hanging out at teenage parties and yes. macking on 15-year-olds. That's all not good. That's all fun. It's lighthearted no, comedy. No, it was. Again, you're going to be talking about this like, I watched Never Been Kissed here. And they're like, this is this is a top golf now, sir. You need to get out of here. <laughs> you're standing on top of it. You're like, I don't even know how to play golf. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Baker Mayfield was on a podcast that was released today called You Never Know, You Know What I Mean. I don't know this podcast. Have you heard of it before? Uh, no. All right, anyway. Baker was on it. He said, I feel disrespected 100% because I was told one thing and they completely did another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay. I got my taste of it because I've had four different head coaches in four years. A bunch of different coordinators. I've had the highs, and they always come back. He said, what else did he say? When he was saying, if you listen to the audio, he's saying, I've had the highs, 
And they always come back. Like kind of saying, I've been up and I've been back down. So he's he's saying I had a couple good years, I had a couple bad years. I'm not I'm not used to he wants stability is basically what he's trying to say there. Was that it? Was that all he said? Well, he had note? another he had another comment there where he said <laughs> and I don't know what the context the context of this was because I didn't catch the audio of this one, but he said, I'd love to show up to somebody's cubicle and boo the bleep out of them. Guest talking about how he got booed over the last oh, right. you know, year. What a clever statement. We've never heard that before. Well, you know, it's funny, though, and, and Chops actually made a good point on Twitter, right. and I'll highlight Chops right. on Twitter. Follow him at Chops971. You can hear him on Bishop and Friends he does, every morning. He does retweet some pretty graphic porn. <laughs> Stop. No, but he said this. He said, you know you aren't the first or only person who gets told you suck at your job, right? Call me when someone yells at you because you can't get the $1 kid scoop of ice cream while you make $9 an hour. Basically saying, you work in the service industry, you work in a lot of jobs. And I think we've all seen that through the last couple of years with pandemic and everything else. I've I mean, seen you treat people like that. I've never seen, I mean, that one time you spit in the waitress's face. I mean, the food was cold, but I think yeah. that was a little over the top, well, T-Bone. you know what? I watched Waiting and I took the wrong messages away, oh, which man. was I should be like that lady who gets her food spat in. That's what I should do. Well, she just like didn't her. get the spit. She, she got, got a lot of some other pubes things. in there. Yeah, she got a lot of things. Andrew. No, but I think that's a solid point by Chops that Baker is saying, well, it sucks when you get booed. Yeah, it does. It also sucks when you get yelled at by someone at Olive Garden because you tell them, hey, sorry, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. And they're like, well, I have a reservation. You're like, we don't take reservations here. It's Olive Garden. And they're like, I called and they said, and then you got to deal with that guy. And you make $12 an hour, whatever you make, right? Like, that's that's a thing that Baker and sometimes athletes in general who are at that level don't realize, like, guys, it's tough getting booed. Yeah, it is, but you get millions of dollars to try to learn how to deal with it. I'm not saying booing is fun. I'm saying most people have jobs that at times suck. Part of the job, They don't man. get millions of dollars. You know, Baker likes to talk about how blue-collar he is and walk on this and walk on that, how he's the everyman. All right, come on, everyman. Like you said, there are people out there that... Get far worse than Baker Mayfield, but he's a public figure. So, uh, look, I know that, you know, Baskin Robbins guy who gets yelled at by the customer is not going home to check his mentions and there's death threats on there. I get of course, that. Of course, right. I, and I'm not saying that that should happen, but unfortunately, this is the society that we live in, too. If you really want to bitch and moan about it that much, then you, you've made enough money, man. You can just retire, go away. Well, that's that's right. I mean, I think that is always lost in all this is why can't I just go out and play the game that I love and not have to hear it from everybody? And the reality is we can't the the ownership of these sports teams, the people who run these leagues, the sports media people who talk about this. We all, to some degree, I guess, play a part in Baker Mayfield getting booed or not. Right. If we talk about how good or bad he was in a game, people are going to feel some kind of way. If we all talk about how bad he was all the time, probably going to be a few more negative opinions of him than otherwise. But the reality is if you go out there and throw three picks or if you throw yes. a, a late, you look pretty good, but late in the game when we need to drive, you don't show up or you throw a terrible pick. Yeah. People are going to be mad about that. They might boo you. You do get paid lots and lots of money though, to try to find a way around the booing. I am not saying it doesn't stress you out. I'm not saying it doesn't have an effect on mental health. I, all right. I'm saying probably also when you're a, working at a construction site and you're supposed to be there for 10 hours, but the boss says, sorry guys, we got to finish this up tonight and you got to stay later and finish it up. That also sucks. And you don't have millions of dollars to go home to. So I don't know if yell Baker going and 
booing that guy at his job is really the angle you want to take there when everyone's job to some degree or another sucks from time to time. Why are we still talking about this in 2022? Why are we still having these simplistic, ridiculous arguments? Why do we have to sit here and waste our radio time saying that playing in the National Football League is not like other jobs? Right. Why do we have to do this? I know. All right? I know. It, look, yes, part of it is dehumanizing. I get it. That sucks. The world sucks. Baker's doing commercials for Progressive, right? Well, not, you, any, not anymore, but yeah. Well, okay, he was, but he, he was. He yes. was. And he's probably still getting paid by him. Yeah, he probably is. You're All right? right. What do you think the customer service guy who picks up the phone at Progressive is dealing with on a daily basis? You think it's all roses and lilacs for him or her? No. No, man. Sometimes it sucks. The difference is you get paid $19 million and kids have posters of you on their wall. Right. I think as long as people understand the message here, right, the message is not, oh, if a guy gets paid a certain amount of money, you have every right to tell him whatever you want. No, it doesn't mean it. It doesn't excuse the behavior of fans who scream and boo you or who say horrible things or who threaten. I mean, obviously, there's levels to that, too, right? Of People course. sending threats online and of being that course. is a lot different than somebody going, man, that's the fourth picky through today. Boo! And then that's it. That's different. But it's still all not great. I don't know where guys like Baker Mayfield have to get off saying, well, I wish I could go boo them at their cubicle. Maybe they'd understand. Well, if you're going to drop off a big sack of cash while you do it, yeah, then maybe no we would. Come boo me. Maybe other people would understand it a little bit more and say, yeah, booing ain't so bad, Baker. I don't know what you're complaining about. And I'm not talking about... I have a waste of time. Yeah, if Baker's at Giant Eagle, don't boo him. But right. if you bought a ticket at a football game and you think that guy sucks on the field, by all means, boo the hell out of him. Right. I don't care. It doesn't also mean if you buy a ticket to a game and you see his wife in the stands, you go up to her and tell her how much you think her husband sucks at quarterback. Again, there are levels of what we're talking about. But if you just, after a couple beers, go, man, you suck, Baker. Like, that's not ideal. It's not the best form of humanity that we could exhibit. It's also not the same as some of the other stuff that I'm sure he has dealt with. And it's also not something that I think... If I got paid $19 million, I would mind too much. If someone said, you suck, T-Bone, I get that anyway, and I don't get $19 million. I'm just saying, like, it's okay. It's what we do. We work in the media. We're used to this. I, I wish we could talk to, like, prospective college players and say, before you get into all this, just be aware. Here's what's coming. But if you stick it out and you can get through to the next level, you're going to get millions of dollars, and a lot of your dreams are going to come true. So, Try to deal with it and try not to go on a podcast later and say, yeah, fans suck. Try not to do that. And I'm not saying that Baker shouldn't feel disrespected. I Because Andrew Barry came out a couple weeks ago and says he regrets not telling Baker Mayfield before they went down and talked to Deshaun Watson that the meeting was going to take place. And I said, yeah, that is disrespectful. Whether you have plans to move on from Baker Mayfield or not, he is your starting quarterback. I'm not saying don't talk to Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying don't flirt with other quarterbacks, but it would be a professional thing since you want to act like an adult and you want a quarterback that acts like an adult to call up that guy and say, hey, this is what we're doing. So if Baker is disrespected by that, if he feels like he's been lied to by the organization, I get it. But if your beef is that you want to go to somebody's cubicle and boo them, get the hell out of here, man. Yeah, Grow I, up. I'm much more on Baker's side on the fact that the way the Browns have handled this is a joke. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't blame him for feeling some kind of way about that. It's it's when you start going after the fans. Yeah, like, come on. But man. that's you know what it is? That goes back to Castellini and the Reds. All these owners want to do is see the players and the fans fighting. When in reality, a lot of times, it's the people who run these teams that really ruin sports for a lot of us. And that's a case in point in the Red situation and in that Brown situation. That was bad by the executives. And now Baker's taking out his frustration and saying, yeah, the fans suck. Well, no, the team sucked for not telling you what was going on. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. A woman attempted to glue herself to the court late in the second quarter of the play-in tournament game between the Clippers and Timberwolves last night. She was removed after a short delay. According to TNT sideline reporter Allie LaForce, Mm -hmm. who I met uh, many years ago down in Arizona. Oh. And you know how you see people on TV and sometimes they don't look as good in person? Oh, yeah. She's not that (laughs) good. Didn't doubt that for a second, but thank you for clarifying. Security guard said the woman glued herself to the floor by her wrists and refused to lift her wrists up. The reason for the interruption was not immediately known. However, following the incident, a global grassroots network of animal rights activists named Direct Action Everywhere claimed responsibility for the protest, saying in a press release it was in response to an alleged animal rights issue at Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor's egg farm. Glenn Taylor has an egg farm. I guess he does, man. I, didn't, I was not aware. Uh, is he the? He's the one trying to sell the team, right? He's he's not the long term owner, right? I think so. I thought. Whatever happened with a Rod? I, I thought it was what? a done deal. Uh, let me see. I'm just trying to double check because I I was just asking that question yesterday. Uh, okay, this is this is from 2021, September of last year. He got sued by one of his. Uh, partners in this deal the egg farm glenn taylor did yeah the guy who owns the timberwolves uh he expressed confidence thursday that the nba franchise would remain in minnesota after it's sold responding to a federal lawsuit against him by one of his investors so he still owns the team yeah as of right now the sale has not gone through but that's because there was a lawsuit by one of his partners saying if you because he basically the idea was a rod was more or less or and that group was thinking about buying the team and moving it and it was thought, well, Seattle, A-Rod's got the connections in Seattle from playing there, but just in general, they're looking for a team. They want to move it to a more profitable place, possibly. That might be what happens. And so one of the partners in the group then sued the guy who still owns the team. So Glenn Taylor trying to get rid of his team, and also he is an egg farmer. <laughs> and apparently, I guess, I guess it's not <laughs> treating these hens the right way. I guess not. The fact I mean, that he's letting know. them live, I think, is treating them the right I way. Because I don't know. There's a lot I, of chicken farms where they just chop the heads off, and that's what's for dinner. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's exactly right. I don't know. He, this is an egg farm. They're productive chickens, right? I also want to picture. I know it's not the case, but I want to picture Glenn Taylor standing out there with like bib overalls and a straw hat and no shoes on, mm-hmm. with muck all over his feet. He's like, oh, hey, I just changed all the egg pans over. Now it's time to go to my basketball game. Like, I don't think he is. I gave the whole team bird flu. <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think he was egg farm first. Paw farm, Al. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's where he that's made, all he his, made money. his money. Was in the he's, eggs. He's in big eggs. He's big in eggs. You can't trust those big eggs. That's egg right. People. You can't trust big eggs. No. You really can't. In fact, every Twitter user that does not have a picture, he owns the rights to their avatar. He is big egg. Do you think the egg people and the chicken people get along? Like the Purdue family? 
Oh, I don't know. I think the people who, like the people who kill chickens look at the egg people and be like, "Oh yeah, it's the egg people." Sure, I would. They think, keep their chickens alive. I mean, I I would think they probably have like a an interesting relationship, right? Because obviously, most before now, eggs were used to make more chickens. Now we use them for breakfast. Oh yeah, not no. No, I'm saying, but the the egg farmers are like, "Hey, we've just made eggs," and they're like, "Yeah, but there's no chickens in them. You suck." We need the chickens so we can keep this business going. So maybe they have a little contentious relationship. The The history of eggs is is very interesting. You should do that for a bone the of education. The history of eggs? Yeah, because early on in the, I didn't in, know when, there they, was a when they started selling eggs commercially in the, on the carton, yeah. instead of eggs, it just said unfertilized bird periods. Mm. They didn't sell as well. We need a different. We need a different marketing. <laughs> like, what else can we call this? Like, for this. Well, they've always been called eggs up until you put that on a carton. So maybe we just stick with eggs, marketing guru. <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, you're probably right. You're fired, Don Draper." I don't, that just amused me. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Rapid fire number five. What's one food or drink you hated as a kid, but you love now? Alcohol. <laughs> that doesn't count. Why not? You couldn't have alcohol I, when you were my, a kid. My parents and grandparents always were giving me sips of alcohol. It tasted like ass. Really? Oh, yeah. I can do the same for my daughter now. She wants to have a little sip of wine. She can have a sip oh. of wine. Wow. And she thinks it tastes like ass, but eventually <laughs> she won't. Okay. So <laughs> um, I'm going to say onions. Because there was a time where I, ref- this is sad to admit, I refused to eat the like store-bought spaghetti sauce, which we would have at refused home. Refused like, to eat it. Because it had, I bit in one time to a little flake of onion oh. that like made the little crunchy noise. Mm. And my like five-year-old brain was like, that's not supposed that to was be it, that's huh? it. And so my mom, to her, God bless her, I, she didn't have to do this, but she did because she loved me. She would... Pour in the sauce into a strainer oh, man. Look at her. and strain out Look, all I the be chunks. Doing that. Or get the extra non-chunky. We got two things. What's on the <laughs> table and healthy for uh, hungry for dinner. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But now, I mean, I put onions in everything. Like, and if I make something, there's almost, I mean, even, if, I don't know, chocolate chip cookies, probably an onion in it. Like, I put onions in almost everything. <laughs> I don't do that. But you know what I mean. I use them all the time in cooking is what I'm saying. I love a grilled onion. Oh yeah, they should. I love all kinds of onions, but the smell of grilled onions—it's intoxicating. It's great. Yeah, I it makes agree. me want to do things to people. They should make a grilled onion-scented candle that I would use for lovemaking. All this well, vanilla crap and lavender crap, get out of here! I want a Polish sausage grilled onion candle. Yeah, that. <laughs> see, I feel like though I'd walk into your house and go, "Wow, it smells great." Where is all this food? And you'd be like, "Oh, there's no food." I didn't make any of but that. Then you'd That's start taking your clothes off. Is that what you you'd want? say? I don't know why. Yes, it's erotic. You want a bunch of big sweaty guys coming over? Like, That's where what is I want. The, where's the sausage and onions? Oh, you don't have any? Well, let's have sex. I said alcohol. I'm changing my answer. What to what? I'll say coconut. Oh, you. I didn't like coconut when I was a kid. Now I enjoy coconut. Do you en- see? I don't enjoy most things with coconut in it, but if it's got the flavoring of coconut, you know what I mean. Like, if it's what about not- a Samoa? Girl Scout cookie. Oh, that's, you know what? That is one of my few exceptions. It's delicious. I, I do like a toasted coconut on that, but I'll do a coconut shrimp. I'll do it when they, yeah, when, I'll have very that. Very good. But if it's just like, you know. Like an Almond Joy, you don't like that? No, or what's the, there's different like cakes and stuff. With German them, chocolate all, cake? Yeah, German chocolate cake. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Not, still not for me. 
What about if there were grilled onions in the German chocolate cake? Well, then I'm having sex with it. Of course. That's what we do. Of American pie, it's American cake. <laughs> T-bone. Come home. I'm sure there's a website. Lord knows there's a website. For anything you dream up, it's there. You get sad when it's a bunt cake because you don't... <laughs> That changes my big fat Greek wedding quite a bit, doesn't it? It's a bunt cake. Bunt. Bunt. Just uh, it stupid. Yep. Common Man and T-Bone. Catch the live experience weekdays from 3 to 6 and listen on demand at 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald if I, don't, if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called Amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, You're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a, Hulu skirt on it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I... You can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. You, thanks. you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy. There's bald. No, there are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have like shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing. That's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just want to, okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. Like every other fat, Soccer loving yes, guy. Good. Right? I don't. <laughs> I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So good. Right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcast. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call one eight hundred cooling when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. 
Turn it off. Go do something. 